This is MuggleCast, the Harry Potter podcast discussing everything about J.K. Rowling's wizarding world. This week's episode is sponsored by Blue Apron. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free, including free shipping, by going to blueapron.com slash MuggleCast. New episodes of MuggleCast are made possible thanks to listeners like you. Please visit patreon.com slash MuggleCast to support the show and help us grow. In exchange, you'll receive exclusive benefits, including an ad-free version of our podcast. Welcome to episode 308 of MuggleCast. Happy New Year, Micah and Eric. 2017. Happy New Year. Entering what I believe is our 12th year calendar year with MuggleCast. We started in 2005, so... We did. Wow. Wow. It feels like since yesterday we were starting episode one. <laughs> That's exactly what you sounded like. You just play a yeah, clip of uh, episode one. Of <laughs> I know, yes. Beware of spoilers and have footprints. I've decided that our show was the bookish preteen and not like the annoying preteen, or is now the, the bookish preteen. Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to keep his head down, his or her to head down and, and get like homework done. I don't think Eric or Micah's voice has changed over the course of the show. But mine did. Mine was, mine was higher. Micah was already well past puberty. Uh, <laughs> and we were still in the thongs of puberty. <laughs> yeah. Bad voice is Selena. Welcome back to the show, Selena. It's good to have Yay! you as always. Speaking host, of puberty. <laughs> host of, what? Okay. Not touching that. Uh, host of Hypables Hype, a fandom podcast that Selena does weekly with a few of Hypables' finest writers. And podcasters. Um, so we are going to talk about um, a few interesting stories today. The show kind of focuses on J.K. Rowling's new website. She it reminded, we'll get into this a little more later, but it reminded me of the good old days with her old website. Not just because um, it looks like her old website, but she, yeah. she, she launched it. Uh, around Christmas time, which is when she used to drop some good bombshells on her classic website that we all used to love poking uh, around. A couple updates on our Patreon front real quick. Uh, we are going to have some announcements on that front soon. Some people have been wondering about a $10 level, and we are going to do that. We have our benefits all together. Um, we're just finalizing a few things, so in the next few weeks, you can look forward to uh, learning about that. Um, new in 2017, no matter what you pledge, you're going to have access to ad-free MuggleCast. Uh, this year we are going to be sponsored by Blue Apron on this public feed, and I'm going to touch on that in a little bit. Um, but patrons will be able to listen to the show ad-free, and that was something that we absolutely wanted to do if we were going to bring ads back to this show. So uh, patrons will be able to enjoy that as well. More information can be found on patreon.com slash MuggleCast, and we appreciate everybody's support over there. So, um, I have to start off with a bit of a surprise story for everybody except for Selena. I can't wait. So, um, every year on Hypable, we do a Secret Santa amongst the writers. And um, this year, I, one of our writers, and also a MuggleCast listener, by the way, Kendra, uh, she, was, she had me for Secret Santa. So, I get home after Christmas, and I open up her gift... And I wish somebody was filming me as I opened this <laughs> because I was literally screaming for 10 minutes in shock. <laughs> was it a vibrating broomstick? No, it was not. No, but oh, it is a reference to this. Close. Sh- it is a re- 
is a reference to the show. Kendra got me a published edition of my Cursed Child fan fiction, Never Sever Us. What? Yes, it is hardback, green cover. It's signed by James Potter within. It says Scorvis Forever. Oh Oh my god. (laughs) I was screaming looking at this. I'm going to post pictures on the Muggle Cast website if you want to check it out. Um, It just feels amazing to be a published author. At the back of it, it has a (laughs) phrase... Are you going to sell this now? Is, is it, are you going to become a New York Times bestseller? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking so. I'm think it's just so wonderful to be a published author for a, a project that's so close to my heart. Um, even it, it it's <laughs> just so well done. Even in the back, it has a praise for Never Sever Us section, and she took some of the comments from the Hyperball article. Oh my god! <laughs> in the back, that is brilliant. <laughs> she what, didn't what include I'm... any of the negative comments. I kind of wish she did, but. <laughs> Yeah. Other Worst than that, it's perfect. Fanfic ever. <laughs> yeah, it's no. it's really amazing. It was like the best gift I could ever ask for. <laughs> that that sounds amazing. Shout out to Kendra. Holy crap. Yeah, very well, very well thought out. Um, James is pointing out in the Patreon chat that uh, Mike has got no excuse not to read it on the show now. He's got a. He needs a physical copy. Yeah, I'm gonna work. Oh, oh, you're gonna send it. Okay. I'm, yeah, I was gonna say. It. I'll tell it's you. It's on what, the I'll... internet, isn't it? It is, but you want a physical copy to read from. I know you want to take it away. <laughs> well, hold on. You need to sign it, though, Andrew. I will sign it for you, absolutely. Personalized. Yeah, I mean, okay. Can I have a signed first edition to, uh, by Andrew Sims? First It'd edition. I don't <laughs> send me one, too. I, I, I like want... James Potter. I need it signed by Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, it's, it's going to be worth a lot of money. Uh, yeah. Uh, Kenny is also asking, when can we get a copy? I, d- I don't think we're actually going to be publishing multiple copies. <laughs> the thought of having multiple physical copies of this out there is certainly an enticing idea to me, but mm. <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to ask Kendra where she got it printed. We'll have to think about this. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I've had a very exciting couple weeks. Uh, I finally tried hot butterbeer at Universal Hollywood. Oh, finally. Oh, cool. And uh, it was actually really good. I liked it a lot. It it reminded me of hot chocolate, actually. But, um, Eric, no, have you yeah, had it yet good. or no? Yeah. Oh, you did. I okay. keep raving about it. I call I it the best drink they serve, and it's uh, the other thing. Definitely had it. I, I'm so glad you got it. I just love that um, on Twitter, the first response to your tweet was, <laughs> did you pay for parking? I know. Everybody was asking that. And the answer is no, I did not pay for parking. <laughs> I stood my ground. I barricaded. I drove my car through the the the, okay. the pace style thing. The pay whatever you want to. No, my um my friend paid for parking. That's the only what reason I went. Don't so think why I do you say chocolate hot chocolate? Because it's on one hand it's not chocolatey at all, and then in addition there's a wide ver- range for our generation going to Starbucks all the time. A wide range of hot beverages mm-hmm. that are probably closer to the actual taste of like a cinnamony like a you know not, not that it's even cinnamon but but why do you say hot chocolate i don't know i i i i had two of them and they just reminded me it just it just makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside and yeah of course it's sweet and um i ended up buying five of them <laughs> not all for me but i was gonna uh, say <laughs> i was i was gonna say yeah you, you must have been on a sugar high i did have two of them and yeah they were basically meals for me um but I have video. I'm gonna the post butterbeer that on diet Patreon as well. Yeah, yeah, butterbeer diet, and uh, yeah, it was good. So I'm I'm glad that chapter of my life is now over. I I know everybody was very anxious 
for me to enjoy some hot butter beer. So you won't be going back anytime soon. Is that (laughs) fair to say? Probably not. Um, (laughs) But I uh, one last thing related to Universal. I I so I was there. I think it was January third. And by the way, it always amazes me how many diehard Harry Potter fans are there. You see so many people walking around in their own cloaks and all decked out in their Harry Potter merchandise and just like people are wearing like the complete house collection of of warm weather gear like Hufflepuff hat, (laughs) gloves, scarf, like everybody's just so passionate. And it's such a nice reminder every time I go there of how how much people really love Harry Potter. Um, But so I was I've been wanting to buy one of these. They have these great sweaters that just say a house name across the front. Um, and it's got the house crest. Um, and they, they're kind of like these oversized sweaters. And they're really popular at the parks. Everybody buys them. They, they're, hot, they're hot sellers. And I think they're only available at the parks. So I've been wanting to get one for a while, but it was $60. And I'm like, oh, God, $60 for a sweater. I don't know. Blah, 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 blah. So finally, I'm like, all right, new year, new me. I'm going to buy this sweater because <laughs> my pass expires next month. So this is going to be like one of my last chances to get it. And I I I picked up the Gryffindor one. I was gonna buy Gryffindor, and then I was thinking, oh, I have so much Gryffindor stuff, and this just feels so standard to me, so predictable to buy a Gryffindor sweater. Like everybody has Gryffindor. I want to be different. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody who was with me was like. Yeah, I know what you mean. And then right next to the Gryffindor one is the Slytherin one. And I'm thinking, oh, man, it no. just looks so cool. It's green. You didn't. It's... Don't go over to the dark side, Andrew. <laughs> it's Hashtag Wormtaily. <laughs> and my friend's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And my friend's like, oh, and it's hipster, too. I'm like, oh, that is such a good point. And I'm, sitting there, I'm seriously <laughs> sitting there holding both. I'm like, maybe I'll just buy both so I don't have to pick. <laughs> and then it hits me. I'm like, oh. Albus and Scorpius are Slytherin. This is it. And that was the nail in the coffin. I was like, that's it. I'm Slytherin now. And I bought it and I converted. New year, new me. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That I'm really a, is a new you. That's yeah, crazy. I'm identifying with Slytherin now. I, I'm just going full Slytherin. Oh See, they sort too soon. Dumbledore was right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just time. Like uh, Pottermore originally put me in Gryffindor, which I was pleased by because I had always identified as Gryffindor. And then, and then the new quiz put me in Ravenclaw, and I didn't like that at all. And now I'm just deciding on my own. I'm yeah. Slytherin, so that's great, Andrew. Good Thank for you. you. Thank you. Very proud. I blame the butterbeer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You were feeling really good. You got a lot of confidence that you don't normally have, and you went and did it. Oh, butterbeer. Yeah, exactly. I uh, Jennifer is supporting me in the patron chat. She says Slytherin is the best house. You made a good choice. Hey, yeah, Slytherin. Deserves some love. It's true. It's true. But yeah. it was my photo was a big hit on Instagram. By the way, I got five hundred thirty-four likes on this photo of me holding up my new Slytherin sweater. Holy crap! <laughs> no, people really do love that merch, <laughs> and I'm sure you as well. Yeah, it's, I think I liked it. Did, yeah, uh, yeah, you, I did. I, did maybe, too. I don't know. I commented I, on it. You know why I commented? I think I told you this before, right? You said you you asked who paid for parking. I did. No, I did ask who paid for parking, <laughs> but I I I comment on your your. Instagram post just so I can get more followers. Oh, <laughs> I'm blocking you. That's always Slytherin thing to do. <laughs> more as well. Uh, but I encourage all of you to reconsider your house this year. 
Wow, I like that actually. Yeah. Like look inside yourself and see if if it is a new you. Yeah. That's great. We just had a full year of Harry Potter fun with Cursed Child and Fantastic Beasts. Think about it. All right. Okay. Well, I, I told you I was uh when I did the Pottermore quiz I was a hat stall, so I got a chance to choose between the two houses. And and uh, what were the two houses again? Ravenclaw, and which I've pretty much identified with from the time of the books, and then Slytherin. So maybe now I need to go over the dark side as well. <laughs> Don't. Well, you have about a month and a half left before my pass runs out. I can get you a discount on one of those Slytherin sweaters <laughs> if you want it. All right. <laughs> I, have to, I have to figure out a way to get out to uh, California. Yeah. Wait, so does that mean we have all four houses represented here? Selena, what, what house are you? I'm a, I am go back and forth, Gryffindor or Hufflepuff. Yep, so do I. And so yeah. if Micah's Ravenclaw and Andrew Slytherin, then we have all four houses represented. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Another reason I'm glad I bought the sweater. <laughs> That's a very Hufflepuff thing to do of you, Eric. It really fits. Uh, right. Oh, cool. Well, a lot of people, by the way, Pottermore introduced those new like Facebook cover art things. Have you seen them for the ha- for your oh, house? Yeah. Yeah. yeah switching yeah, yeah. to that. Did you do that, Micah? Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Sorry, I'm There's not some, the best example. <laughs> there are some photoshopped ones you can do that are halfways, uh, like Raven Puff and uh, stuff. I was seeing my friends do. It's like that's that's true. There's no truer Harry Potter fan than one who's like, no, this is nice. I see what it's doing here, the official stuff. But I'm gonna. It doesn't quite fit me perfectly. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna fix it so it does. Yeah. So we're gonna get to some news, and then we're gonna talk about at greater length J.K. Rowling's new website, specifically the questions she just answered on her new website to celebrate the launch of it. Yeah. But first, MuggleCast, like I said, does have, does have a sponsor for 2017, Blue Apron. Do you guys like to cook? Yeah. No? Okay. Well, wow. I'm I'm glad you answered that way because I don't either until now, and I'm I'm dead serious about this. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They can be delivered to 99% of the continental U.S. So Blue Apron, what they do is they ship you ingredients and cooking instructions for three meals a week. I received my first Blue Apron box a few days ago. It, it, it really is amazing. All the ingredients you need, three meals, they come right to your door, still cold. I open it up. It's like I have a fridge delivered to my, to my apartment. Um, I made guacamole burgers for the first time in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about just heating something up. I made the guacamole, which I've never done before in my life. I oh, made the burgers, yeah. which I've never done before in my life. And I made fries with potatoes I peeled myself. I felt like I was like an In-N-Out or a, like a Yum. Burger King or something. Yeah. This is the thing. Blue Apron makes it so easy. They give you everything you need, plus easy to follow instructions. I do not cook, and I did it myself. <laughs> you look like a professional cook all of a sudden. And I'm loving it because... New year, new me. Slytherin cook, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm becoming a cook, <laughs> thanks to Blue Apron. Um, did you did you wear a Blue Apron when you... I did not, no. Food? That is just the name. You know what you need? You need a Slytherin apron for when you make your Blue Apron food. <laughs> All right, Michael, well, get on that. Find me one. <laughs> I will cook in nothing but my Slytherin apron. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to be talking about them a lot in the year ahead, but I just, for now, you can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free 
including free shipping. They will send you a week's worth of food for free. You get the fresh ingredients. They send you, for example, the avoc- the guacamole burger. They send you the, the avocado, the, um, the onions, everything you need, the limes. It's really incredible. So your first three meals free, blueapron.com slash mugglecast. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash mugglecast. Blue Apron is a better way to cook. And for some of us, the only way (laughs) I'll be able to cook. (laughs) Thanks to them for their support. Let's get to some news now. So J.K. Rowling... Should we talk about, well, let's let's save that since that's going to be our main discussion. Her tweet thing. Let's talk about, yeah, her tweet. The Grindelwald tweet. Somebody tweets her in the middle of December. Um, what did Graves Grindelwald mean when he said, my vision showed only the child's immense power? Is he a seer or was he lying? And J.K. Rowling responds with a tweet that doesn't really answer it and just confuses us further. She says, he is a seer and he was lying. <laughs> so he asked the bingo bonus question <laughs> yeah yeah so it makes sense he isn't uh, that he is a seer because that was proven by what he said um but why was he lying to credence maybe he saw something else you know it said only the child's immense power and he probably saw some other important plot thing that he hasn't revealed yet yeah what if he saw himself controlling it or himself wielding it that would be you know and and then all he can see then at that point is the obscurus's form uh or something you know and not who it actually was so it preserves the reveal while at the same time that whole relationship between grindelwald or sorry graves and grindelwald and credence it was about manipulation and i'm not surprised he was lying what I am surprised about is, you know, this fan, uh, Shailiani at Parcelmouth Lord was like, you know, shot in the dark in the in the right direction and calling him a seer. <laughs> that's a word that J.K. Rowling agrees with. Mm. Um, but all the seers that we know were in the Trelawney family. Hmm. I mean, there could be more. There's a whole entire room. Tons for more. Yeah, but... yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Somebody in the hypo comment said, um, this is embrace your boring, good username. Uh, funny, I figured from J.K. Rowling's tweet that she was referring to both characters, as in the real Graves is a seer and Grindelwald Graves was lying because Grindelwald is not a seer. So perhaps huh. Grindelwald knew just enough about the Obscurus through other means and passed it off as a vision when he was impersonating Graves because it prevents mm. people asking too many questions should he be found out to be searching for the Obscurus. Oh, I guess that's interesting. Because mm-hmm. wouldn't they question why uh, Graves had a vision? Mm-hmm. And this was making me think about his uh, final few words again. Shall we die just a little? <laughs> At the end of the movie. Yeah, that didn't make any sense. It's <laughs> like well, a song lyric to me. Well, yeah. so what if that has to do with him seeing the future? Like, we're going to die just a little. Yeah. yeah. Shall Take we dance? Yeah. Shall yeah, we die? Yeah. You know? Um, well, that that would completely um, go against what you just read from that commenter, because that would mean that Grindelwald is, in fact, a seer if this line is being attributed to him being able to see the future. I, I think it is Grindelwald that's a, that's the seer, and I think that because it's such a cool dynamic to have your evil villain sort of have insight into his own future or mortality. 
Um, I think that's a really cool edge that she didn't necessarily give Voldemort. I've talked before about how, you know, she's going to want to, for writer's sake, you know, for creativity and, and not to step on the toes of Voldemort to make Grindelwald a different character. Um, one who's obsessed not with immortality necessarily, but world domination through the span of his natural life. And if he can see the future, that's going to be an issue uh, for Newt and anyone trying to stop him. Yeah. Okay, well, um, something else that J.K. Rowling and, well, they, they kind of announced it, but not really. <laughs> it's <laughs> It was previously announced, uh, but they shared a couple of new details. Um, they revealed the covers for the new editions of Fantastic Beasts, which will be out um, in just about a little over a month. Um, the, the, they're going to be out March 14th, 2017. Now, the news here is that they are including six beasts. We don't know what six. We don't know if these were in the movie or not, um, mm-hmm. but they're going to be six. And then um, there's going to be that new forward by Newt Scamander that was written by J.K. Rowling. And a new line of illustrations. So, cool. yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm kind of I'm a little less excited now that there's only going to be six new creatures in here. Yeah, I think there were at least six new ones in the movie. Well, the, no. And then actually there were some creatures that were in the book that were brought to life in the movie. Mm-hmm. So the fact that there are six new ones, I have a feeling at least one of them will be a creature that we still haven't seen in on film. And that'll be very interesting. I think she'll probably definitely do. The augury, but then again, I think that was also right. The I was going to say that um, yeah, that was tying... in the original book, but it would be really cool to see. Oh, I guess it's it's char- it's the ones that weren't in the book or were in the movie. Uh, it just says six new ones, right? So it could be anything, okay. right? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. no, definitely the augury. I'd, I'd be interested in comparing to see if she changes any of the details about any of the beasts that we've seen before. Yeah, um, you know, if they have new illustrations, obviously the augury is relevant to cursed child. Um, and maybe even Fantastic Beasts, I think, at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Just six new beasts. But what I'm looking most forward to is the, um, forward, uh, by Newt's mm. commander, which in the original, uh, he's it's not really by Newt. Yeah, it's Dumbledore, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's J.K. Rowling. Yeah, but Dumbledore, uh, introduces, I think, the school book version, if I'm remembering correctly. And the other thing is that that little author bio at the end where it says upon successful graduation or completion. So and that kind of now we know thanks to leaks through Fantastic Beast merchandise that um, he didn't actually get expelled from Hogwarts. But I'm curious to see if any of that is going to be adjusted in light of what's been happening in the movie. It's possible. So the other thing I'll say, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, well, speaking of, of when the books are going to be released, I thought one of the questions to ask this group and, and even to those that are listening to the show is, do you feel as if a forward by Newt and six additional creatures is enough to go out and purchase Fantastic Beasts? And uh, yeah, take my money. <laughs> really no i'm i'm not gonna buy charity? oh yeah absolutely these books are like eight dollars i mean seriously like the little ones the little ones are so so cheap you can get you get a good deal on them now, um is it still for a charity yeah 
it's I still so. it's still for the same charity i think yeah. the very same yeah um comic relief uh as opposed to jk rowling now has lumos of course and i think that's still i think i read somewhere it's still benefiting comic relief i could be wrong um it sounds like the perfect thing to enter the bookstore for page through it and then walk out without purchasing it just because well, it's not a lot new to see. You're just going to go in and take screenshots with your yeah, phone. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I yeah. will say, though, the Bloomsbury cover looks cool. The Scholastic cover, not so much. Yeah, the Scholastic cover looks Mina Lima-y, the graphic designers of uh, all the Harry Potter movies, which is fine. It just looks more adult, whereas the UK edition looks more kid-friendly. As a dragon, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, just going off of... Uh, Eric, I think you were kind of guessing earlier in terms of what the creatures may be that get added uh, yeah. to Fantastic Beasts. Somebody uh, tweeted at J.K. Rowling and said, let me guess, Swooping Evil, Thunderbird, Wampus, Pugwudgie, Hornstrip, <laughs> and Obscurus, to which he responded, and Obscurus isn't a creature. So that could be more for us to talk about. Whoa. Mm. Um, but actually, I'm going to go, oh. God, I love that. Um, <laughs> I doubt that she's going to do Womp as Pukwudgie and Thunderbird, and that she should. I doubt it, um, because I think she's hightailing it away from America right now. Um, well, you know. and that's all on Pottermore, I think, for a lot of people, too. Yeah, you're right. Vijaya says, it's worth buying if it's for charity. That's a good point. Though Kenny says, probably not. I probably won't buy it. I'll look at the new info online. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it is. Of course, it's it's great to buy for charity, but I have I just and I don't know. I'm very sort of if I own a book already, I'm not gonna buy the same book with a different cover. I'm just I'm gonna, not like I'll no matter how pretty book. it is. I'll yeah. donate my old copy to a book. Yeah, that's much nicer than what I just said. But yeah. <laughs> so that's a no to the final edition of Cursed Child, then, Selena. <laughs> Sorry, I laughed. Yes, that's a no. <laughs> Where oh, is that? that? I'm not buying. There's thought, no way that that could be any different. I thought that new edition was supposed to be out, like, early this year. God. Yeah. I'm looking on it's Amazon January now. 8th. Where is it? Damn. Oh, here no, we go. No, but yeah, I mean, oh, that would no. be interesting. Uh, now, 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 I'm, now I'm very curious. W wouldn't it be A funny picture if picture book of Cursed Child I would buy. <laughs> yeah. Picture book? Because, the, the, you know, because the staging is what's good. So. <laughs> oh, oh, right, right, right. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm actually thinking that they're going to put a lot of photos in the final edition of Cursed Child. Yeah, I hope so. I hope for anything like that. that be they got to do nice. something. I won't buy that. I think that, that that's the one thing I probably wouldn't buy a, a follow-up to. Yeah. Cursed Child? Be like yeah. But that book. will be different, though, won't it? Because it'll be the revised edition, right? Like, there will be more changes in Just the script? stuff they changed between... Have you guys seen it more than once? Have you gone back and, Selena, no. have you seen it again? Or... No. I mean, I, I wonder if they really... You know, it's just the lines that got changed between previews and, and live, Um, you know, the, yeah, the so premiere. I guess. I don't think it'll be that many... You'll notice that many differences, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe. if it's a book like the Hamilton book that they release with all the pictures and interviews uh, and stuff like that, I would consider it because that, that is beautiful. Maybe they'll secretly cancel it because I was in Barnes & <laughs> Noble about a month ago and they had a gigantic stack of Cursed Child books. I And 
between the reviews and like they they may have overprinted don't get me wrong the book sold very well we spoke on the last episode how it was the best seller of 2016 but I, I feel like they have a ton of extra copies left over and it's like what's the point of printing a whole other edition so soon mm. when so many copies still exist i don't know I just have a feeling we're not going to see it very soon because I, I a, bo- a book is the complete wrong format for that play. Yeah, like yeah. release a a, a a filmed version, filmed performance. You know, more people will buy it. Moving on. Yes. J.K. Rowling unleashed the new website um, just before Christmas. It was a very nice surprise. For several reasons. One, it's it, it's always fun to, for J.K. Rowling to sort of drop something on us without any warning. And yeah. two, the new JKRowling.com will remind you of her original website, which was a her desk. Now, this one is uh, not illustrated. It is a these are photo. These this is kind of a real look at her desk. Um, and it even has a secret link to a url called jkrolling.com slash blank hyphen page and this is her rumors denounced page she doesn't have anything on it right now but she says well done you've found the debunking button i don't have anything pressing to denounce right now but please come another time now here's the thing about her new website it's built on wordpress <laughs> for those of you who are Tech I wouldn't scoff. This looks amazing. Oh, yeah. But my point is, it's easier for her to update. She can yeah. just log into WordPress now and post an update. I, I got the impression that with her last website and the one before that, she probably had to write to somebody to get it updated with stuff. Whereas I think this one, it's running on WordPress, which is very easy for non-tech savvy people um, yeah. to operate. And- if you look at it too, like the 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 one that she had done with the one designed by Lightbringer that was Flash, uh, or whatever, and it's just you have to draw a new area whenever you want a new area, or whenever the door opens and there's a hallway with a light, like everything you want, you have to like conceive and draw and code, and it just it's a lot you know less clean than sort of being able to just make something a link and then linking to a text only you know page. Yeah, she said, a few years ago, I resurrected jkrolling.com, but I didn't feel the same connection to the new design, and it showed, because I hardly ever wrote anything for it. So I decided to start over. I wanted to bring my website back to what it used to be, something real and personal. This is a faithful representation of my rating desk, except that I haven't put on the bits of stale popcorn and biscuit crumbs that usually (laughs) litter the surface. (laughs) Everything looks a bit tidier and cleaner than it really is, but after all, it's only polite to make an effort for guests. The various That's objects cute. littered around really do live in my writing room. Some of them have sentimental value. Some are practical and others have found their way in via friends and family members. J.K. Rowling, can I send you a copy of Never Sever Us for your desk? <laughs> yeah. It'll show up in the corner. <laughs> there'll be a, a, a post-it note on it that says hashtag Worm Tilly. Um, <laughs> just I, I quite think... an outdated iphone from the look of it too yeah that's, that's an ipod mini i was just gonna bring that up oh. or uh there you go it's a it's one of the ipod minis with a little touch screen on it i love that at the very top of the page on her twitter uh, screenshot is like an advertisement for the voice like i know it's not an advertisement like she probably didn't they probably oh, don't give her any money for it, but it really looks too. like it. <laughs> At the Voice UK, I was actually surprised the three top three tweets weren't political. 
I was very <laughs> surprised um, when I saw but that. Great but, free, you know, advertising for them. How can you tell it's an old iPod or iPad? They all look the same from the iPod front. iPod Touch. Don't they? That's an iPod Touch down there. It's not a phone or a tablet. Uh, at the very top. Oh no no no! Oh sorry. No, at the bottom. At the bottom, and it's not oh. a touch. It's a mini. My bad. Oh, that one. Oh gosh, yeah. I'm surprised it still doesn't have the dial, the scroll <laughs> dial. <laughs> that was one of the last iPod minis they did, I think. Anyway, um, so if if you look carefully, like she's got a lot of handwritten notes, and they're hard to make out. So there weren't really any revelations within these notes. Um, there I'm sure was, there will be. There, yeah, there yeah. is a page from her Fantastic Beast script. It does look to be an early version, which is interesting. Uh, yeah, this is this is a scene that doesn't exist in the movie, guys. And it's just she's taunting us. She's taunting us. I, I was so angry when I first saw this and I love the new site. I absolutely do. But you know how they released the Fantastic Beast script book, but it wasn't like the original. It wasn't like an early draft, right? It was the finished product. So there were no deleted scenes. This is a deleted scene. Um, this is basically more, uh, dialogue with an interaction with Narlac, the character, uh, voiced by Ron, um, uh, God Perlman, um, in the movie. And he basically, I guess, hits on Queenie and there's a little bit more on his backstory. He says, yeah, I'm from the old country. My whole family's with Gringotts Wizarding Bank. They all into treasure and curse businesses. And like, you can see why it's kept in the movie, but it's, it's really, really cool because it's an insight into a scene that would have, you know, we know exactly in the movie where it would have gone and it's not here. And so it bodes well that JK Rowling choose to chose to put this on her desk um, and be like sort of in your face about this type of stuff. She's always been very generous in, in what she reveals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, I'm trying to figure out where the scene takes place. It, it's page 59 in the in this. Oh God. Um, um about halfway then. Yeah. And the other thing is, at the beginning, there's a scene here. Tina says to Newt, "Maybe I'll be good at being a criminal. I can't be worse than I was as an investigator." And Newt replies, "Don't say that. I think you're onto something with these second Salemers. I do." So. Sounds like there was a lot more characterization to Tina in the script than there was in the movie. Yeah. Um, maybe like even Newt taking an active interest in being like, oh, don't say that, like comforting her. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, Finally enough, right next to the script, this early edition of the script is the final script book, <laughs> the printed version that we all got to buy. <laughs> Just below it. Yeah. Sitting yeah. On her desk. yeah. Does not have that scene. Also a uh, really cool. Is that symbol? Does that mean anything to you guys? The coaster that's right next to the script page. It looks like kind of a beast or a it's squirrel. It's like a or... phoenix. Yeah. yeah. What does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? It tells the beetle the bard. Um, well, what I love, and Andrew, you mentioned the rumors debunk page, is uh, just like on her old Flash site, to get to it, you click on a crumbled up piece of, like, newspaper. And it's just a wad of crumbled up paper. And as soon as you see it, it's so iconic. I don't know. I want to know the, the backstory of who she hired to, like photograph because it looks perfectly like the original hired to crumple up the paper ah eric just, just said a crumpled up piece of paper is iconic <laughs> it is well her door is iconic would you agree yeah well that, that door doesn't exist 
Okay. This or does it? newspaper does exist. That door. <laughs> and the thing about the crumpled up piece of paper is that her original website, uh, most people will know what we're talking about, the, her very old website, which was so, so fun to browse. But it was it was messy, unlike this one, except for that crumpled up piece of paper um, on the old website. And I'm looking, thanks to Google Image Search right now, like there's these there's crumpled up pieces of uh, gum wrappers. There's like a trash bin page. I guess this was the rumors denounced. Oh, page. rubbish bin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the rubbish bin. Yeah, tons, tons of crumpled up pieces of paper. So I think this is a reference to it's a nod to, to that rubbish bin. So. I like she's it. got a couple extra stuff. She's got a drawing of an owl, which is adorable. I really want to know who drew that. Um, and also a VIP badge, a lanyard to get into Brian Wilson Pet Sounds 50th anniversary tour, <laughs> which is pretty cool. She's a Beach Boys fan. Yeah. yeah. Who seeing, is it? I'm seeing yeah. on um, she had a bulletin board on her old website, and there's a picture of a dog, not the one on the, on the new site, but there's and there's also a drawing of an owl. So they took a bunch of elements and they they. Uh, yeah, and there's like little plushy owls and a really cool, I guess, a peacock glass orb and a Pokemon. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that's a Pokemon, like a Pokemon, but it's very cute. I'm pretty sure that's a Pokemon. <laughs> there's a tiny little sign towards the end that's like an arrow pointing up with a, a mark through it. Um, I don't know if that's a symbol that is familiar or. Is... I don't know. No, it didn't ring any bells here. You know what? We also just overlooked. She has like an entire uh, it's like a chart of characters from the Cormoran Strike series, right? Tony Landry. Is that Lula Landry's relation from Cuckoo's Calling? Do you guys remember this? Do you Um, these names ring a bell if you've read Cursed? uh, Landry does. Landry does. Cormoran Strike, Dan Simpson, Evan Veckers. And she's it's character traits. So she's keeping um of the, you can't really read her writing, but it says, like, uh, for instance, under Tony Landry, divorced, distinguished, something, something. I'm sure there's websites out there that have that have already <laughs> gone into this. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's all there. It's everything um, that she's busy working on. And I know, too, on um, Twitter, there's been a lot of talk about the header graphic that she put up. <laughs> there's oh, a skull yeah. in it. Yeah, so so on her Twitter page, on her Twitter, if you go to twitter.com slash shaky wrong, you can see her cover art and it's got like a skull on it. It's got a sword. It's got like a beach shell type of thing. It's got books. Let me scroll down to uh, her tweet about that. Bottom of it's got a flute. It's got a, what's it called? Like the one that shows the direction. <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's the uh, new, it's the new Horcruxes, really. It's Grindelwald's Horcruxes. She said on January 5th, it's hard to find a header that sums up everything I'm working on at the moment, but this <laughs> painting comes close. It's by Harmon oh, Steenwick. So so she's given us some clues. I'm guessing uh, probably a reference to Fantastic Beasts 2 or 3, probably a reference to Corman Strike Book 4, and probably a reference or two to another project she might be working on. Like, is it a compass? Uh, that's there. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. In the center. I like that. That reminds me of Newt, like traveling the world. Well, how about the beach shell? Is she gonna tell us a story from the ocean? That would be nice. Where is the beach shell? Isn't that mermaids? The, oh no, that was uh, that was Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stephanie Meyer promised us a mermaid. Oh, story. I we see never it now. It. <laughs> how about those books on the right? A reference to the encyclopedia? Hmm. Uh, 
No. No. Oh, this little book up Don't. in the top right looks like a copy of Never Sever Us. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. <laughs> I'm sure the original artist of 250 years ago had that in mind when he painted it. Absolutely. So, Micah, on to, to launch her website, her new website, she shared a Q&A. Yeah. So, and, and I think, she, and I can't remember, honestly, but I'm pretty sure she also had an FAQ, Frequently Asked Questions section on her old site, Yeah. To similar to what you were saying with trying to debunk uh, different rumors and theories that were out there, and, and she's always been good about answering questions that fans have um you know keeping it relatively uh so she doesn't spoil too much right i mean i think she she does a pretty good job of of keeping fans informed and so a lot of the 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 frequently asked questions that showed up on her new website are less potter focused more fantastic beast focused and Mm -hmm. um we put a bunch of them in there. There's there's a few more that are on the site that I don't think are as relevant. Um, there's the one, of course, about why Harry uh, didn't die in Chamber of Secrets oh, uh, when he was bitten by the basilisk. She still gets this question many, many times, uh, it seems. So I don't think we need to revisit that. But as I said, a lot that focused on Fantastic Beasts. And the first one was, why couldn't Newt just apparate into the US. Why did he have to go by boat? And she responded by saying that apparition becomes increasingly risky over long distances, as with most magic, much depends on the skill of the spellcaster. Apparition requires knowledge of the terrain to which one is moving or the ability to visualize it clearly. Cross-continental apparition would most certainly result in severe injury or death. Moreover, the beast in Newt's suitcase had varying magical natures, some could have apparated with him, but others could not. I have definitely I seen this sense. question a lot around the internet and in person, so I'm glad she answered that. Uh, yeah, me too. And also, it's just such a better opening to the movie to see him come in on a boat and pass the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Yeah, and wizards, like, like in general, in the books even, we always heard about them taking other forms of transportation besides from apparition because it doesn't feel very nice. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, Harry yeah. didn't want to do it. He was always, he wanted to fly a broom. Maybe Newt just likes the boat. You know? <laughs> Newt likes the boat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what else did like the, the next question kind of ties into that too is why didn't he, why did Newt go through no match customs? And she said that he was transporting magical creatures at a time when this was illegal so he couldn't um go the magical route he said no matches were far easier to fool than the wizarding checkpoint would have been this is like how do you get into mexico right it's like, or, or canada with your if you if you want to take um illegal chocolates i guess across the border is it the canada border there's a border that's very strict for i think it's food and i think it's canada for and, yeah well like in general it's just it's funny because newt took the takes the past of least like we all would have done this um if we were trying to get in it's like oh we'll just fool the muggles they they don't notice nothing do they um it's so that that answer pleased me greatly and then why couldn't newt use accio uh to retrieve all of his beasts uh to which (laughs) 
J.K. Rowling said this, and there's actually a, a couple of different uh, instances that people have responded <laughs> with examples of when Accio has been used on um, living uh, you know, beings. So anyway, but she says Accio only works on inanimate objects. While people or creatures may be indirectly moved by Accioing objects that they are wearing or holding, this carries all kinds of risks because of the likelihood of injury to the person or beast attached to an object traveling at close to the speed of light. Whoa. Um, <laughs> Actually, you know what? Speed of light is pretty crazy. That's yeah, pretty that's cool. Yeah. About. <laughs> um, I guess I never pictured Accio working that quickly. Um, maybe she's exaggerating, embellishing a little bit. Because yeah, you know, like, you, woe is you if you're, like, someone Accio's and you step into, like, the path of the thing. Yeah. <laughs> you just, like, the shirt of, on your back, you know? <laughs> like, it's just at, at the speed of light? Um, so you can never, you have to be careful. Accio is now, to... like, an attack spell. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like how scientific it is, right? Because she's, like, oh, close to the speed of light. It doesn't break the, you know, it doesn't go warp, you know, or clothes don't go warp. Um, but it's also interesting because, you know, we've seen it in the books, like Harry Accio's his broom from upstairs when he's on the, um, Triwizard pitch and, uh, you know, we see it flying, but we have time to see it flying. And if it were anywhere close to the speed of light, it would just be there. So I'm, I'm assuming it's an embellishment, but it, yep. it, the, the point comes across, you'd injure anybody if you tried to accurate them. Right. And, and I can't remember if it was on Twitter in response to, um, this particular question, I had seen somebody mention the fact, and and I have to double check it, but that Harry tries to Accio Hagrid in uh, Deathly Hallows when they're uh, escaping oh, right. from Privet Drive. <laughs> Accio Hagrid, and yeah. he does it successfully. So that would kind of counter her argument here. And then Morgan uh, over on Patreon said that um, J.K. Rowling, of course, says you can't Accio living objects, but I'm rereading Order of the Phoenix, and in a charms class, when they're practicing a silencing charm, Harry's frog gets away from him, so he Accios it back. Oh my I was God. happy with her answer at first, but now I'm even more confused after stumbling on this scene. <laughs> wow. This so J.K. Rowling did a boo-boo. This is the problem with expanding and expanding and expanding. You, you and you can't keep track of it all. And yeah, I mean, it's is... not really like shame on her or anything. I, I think no, it's quite no. clear why Newt didn't Accio. And I'm not even going to say, oh, because it has to be a story in a movie. It would actually because the beast would just come like what directly through like the, the, the broomstick that was locked when Umbridge locked the, the brooms and Fred and George Accio and they they were still dragging the ball and chain like these beasts. It would kill the beasts if they were being thrown like through walls trying to get to, you know, buildings, entire buildings to get to wherever Newt was. So it's irresponsible. Um, irresponsible. You know, it's and, irresponsible to Accio a beast from far away. And and that would be noticed. By no yeah. matches. You'd that break would... the statute of secrecy, which in 1920s America is much more and carries probably a death sentence. Right. And, and, like what Eric said, and it's a movie. You got it, you know, you need to. There's a hundred, but there's a hundred, a hundred other good reasons why. It's, it's the, the same principle behind Accio Horcrux. It just, it, except it the would books make actually... things move much quicker, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, if that's all you had to do to solve the problem is Accio thunderbird and then well frank never got away but 
one yeah. of the other beasts that escaped, the Niffler. I, I wonder if the beast could, if it could like fly against your Agio, like so, outfly your summoning spell. So in Never Sever Us 2, which I plan to begin <laughs> working on too, soon, should I be Accioing? Should should Albus be Accioing Scorbus or not? Scorpius? Scorpius? I, I can't decide. Let's go with J.K. Rowling's most recent, um, most recent. <laughs> position on the matter. That's the that's you can that's the his uh, Slytherin apron. That's the world we're in now, aren't we? Whatever J.K. Rowling said most recently, that's canon. <laughs> Everything else, forget it. Honestly, that's an interesting point, right? But yeah. I I think I get without thinking of it, I said it, but I think it's probably how I feel now. Like. You know, as long as it's not too, I mean, little things like this I'm fine with. But now I think that however she feels or the answer that she gives are going to directly impact the the world of the next few movies. And so basically I'm taking her at her word now versus before because it'll actually uh, lessen the blow when something occurs next recently, you know, in the near future that ordinarily wouldn't uh, mesh. So she's actively correcting or changing things. I kind of want to help it, like help get used to it now uh, versus when the movie comes out and I come out of it saying, oh, that movie sucked. You know, she tried to act you a living person, um, you know, so it's just kind of. I don't yeah, know. but I I mentioned the Niffler and this is all maybe by accident, but there, there did seem like moments in the movie where he was using something like Accio to draw the Niffler to him. And I don't know if that was just maybe he was Accio. Accioing the the Coins. jewelry, yeah, <laughs> the, the money that he was stealing or she was stealing, but um, yeah, there, there's a lot I'm sure that could be discussed on on that particular question. But I I agree, I'm I'm content with her answer and and fine with moving on. Um, the next question that she answered was, why isn't Beretta serum used in interrogations? And she said, it is, but skilled wizards can avoid its effects by using antidotes and charms. Uh, a gifted... Uh, sorry. It's okay. Uh, a gifted... Uh, I can't say it. Occlumens. Yes. Thank you. Um, could also resist Ferretta serum. So, um, but doesn't this contradict what Snape says to Harry about even the Dark Lord would spill his deepest secrets? Ooh. Yeah. You could chalk it up to intimidation, uh, right? Snape is just intimidating Harry because he's threatening. In that scene, he's threatening to use it on him. Mm. But now no. this is her most recent answer, so we just have to go with this. Well, one. no, 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 no. I mean, that's actually <laughs> a good. It's a really good question. I like that she says you could resist Serum if you're an Occlumens, because I like the idea that it's 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 potion, yeah. And you know, we hear of uh, truth drugs that you can be injected with for interrogation in real life um but that if you're you know if you just have like a lot of fortitude or if you you know antidotes are a real thing i like the idea that there are ways around it that britisim isn't the end all be all but because snape played it up so big uh it, it does i guess leave a question but then again i mean you look at where it was used like cornelius fudge used it on barty crutch jr um right was that that was when they used it to interrogate him and, and he clearly had not had either the skill or the wherewithal to resist so you see it being used as like to force an easy confession a quick confession mm. um versus it actually being used because 
I, I guess the the wizarding officials never quite had Voldemort in their custody, but it seems like slipping him Veridit Serum would be too easy, even if they had gotten him. Um, and same with Grindelwald. Like you, you have to kind of be able to resist it. Otherwise, he would have been telling everybody about his Horcruxes and this, that, the other. It just wouldn't work for the plot. Um, yeah. For it to be too powerful of a potion. Okay. Yeah. Do you guys agree? Disagree? No, um, I I agree with that. I I think it makes sense that you would have wizards and witches that would be able to resist something like this, depending on how accomplished they are. Which so, reminds me of the next question too about you know, we need to talk about this one. Yes. Yeah. So why did Revelio undo the effects of Polyjuice Potion? And the answer was it didn't. Grindelwald's transfiguration surpasses that of most wizards, so he used the spell, not a potion, to take on the appearance of Percival Graves. David Yates. I mean, look, um, cursed child in the final part of cursed child, Uh, a similar spell is used very flippantly. So I mean, we shouldn't be surprised that this is now a canon thing that they can do. I think. They well, will trans- transfigure, because they transfigure Harry yeah, to look just... in, like Voldemort, right? Yeah, I wasn't sure if I could say it. But yeah, yeah, they're just like, oh, who should look like Voldemort? Oh, well, I'll do it. And then Hermione transfigures him to look like Voldemort, and that's it. Yeah. You know, no apologies potion needed. And then he starts changing back. So, like, it didn't last long. Yeah. Well, right? if it's a spell, it should not... If it's a spell, it should last longer than a... Um... Potion, I would think. I don't know. I would potions think so get, too, especially one by Hermione. Potions get digested. Yeah, yeah. Oh, one by Hermione, absolutely. But dramatic effect, dramatic effect, you know. Um. <laughs> well, and the other reason this was worth mentioning um, is because a few weeks ago, David Heyman said that Grindelwald had used Polyjuice Potion. They just didn't include that part in the movie. So maybe Heyman was just pulling stuff out of his butt, not really knowing what J.K. Rowling had in mind. And yeah, perhaps that's would... why... J.K. Rowling included this question in her new website Q&A. She must have read Hypeable. She's a fan of Hypeable, confirmed. Clearly. Um, <laughs> oh, but also, yeah. also... Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it I think it just... I think it... <laughs> this is the first chink in the glass of, of the blemish on, on David Heyman's, you know, record. The first tarnish of him. Because he's been really great, and, and he and Yates have been both just nonstop talking about the future of the Beast series, and you were going to have to revert back to if J.K. Rowling didn't say it, don't take it as truth. If more of this comes out and, you know, Heyman, went, Heyman all out said it was Polyjuice Potion, which didn't make sense to me. And it doesn't make sense. And here J.K. Rowling is dispelling it. So that's great. She's clearly got to rein in her, her dudes, her Davids. Um, <laughs> Davids, come on. Yeah. Run Mayor. this stuff by me. Or talk this, to you. Running your mouth. This would probably lead us to believe that Graves is dead. Oh man! Ooh. Right, because he doesn't need to keep him alive to transform into him. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Could have just locked him up somewhere or something. Is Grindelwald that mean? Yeah, I guess he but is. To, to what end? Yeah, I, I think I think that he uses people and discards them. He didn't care about if credence, like the the human credence, survived the whole taking over the obscurest thing. I think he probably killed Graves. Which is a shame because that remains uh, Colin Farrell's like one of his best performances, I think. Uh, yes, I just want Grindelwald to spend all his time in Colin Farrell's body for the rest of the movies, <laughs> and then yeah. I would like it. 
but the other thing yeah. to keep in mind is that he um oh my gosh i just zoomed out oh hey, we're moving to other parts of the world now so we don't really need graves involved like right he works for makuza and that mm. is makuza unfortunately even though we want to see them change we want to see them you know uh not hide from muggles anymore it it seems like makuza and america are going to be less of a focus at least in the next one or two fantastic beasts movies so all right we got one more from one more yep one more from from jk rowling uh the question was why didn't harry potter ever develop an obscurus and the answer is an obscurus is developed under very specific conditions trauma associated with the use of magic internalized hatred of one's own magic and a conscious attempt to suppress it the dursleys were too frightened of magic ever to acknowledge its its existence to harry while vernon and petunia had a confused hope that if they were nasty enough to harry his strange abilities might somehow evaporate they never taught him to be ashamed or afraid of magic even when he was scolded for quote making things happen he didn't make any attempt to suppress his true nature nor did he ever imagine that he had the power to do so This is a little close for comfort, I think, on the part of Joe, right? Like being asked this question. It seems quite central uh, to me. It's a it's a very good question, isn't it? Like Harry was Harry was taught to that what he was was bad or that or being different was bad. But and and then J.K. Rowling's reply is, yes, he was, but but not specifically magic. Like he wasn't specifically told that magic was wrong. That what he was doing was wrong because he's magic. Da, 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 da. So she gets she gets through it. It's it's a passable response. Um, but I think it, I it, think it is. But I also think it brings up a lot of new questions because if this is if this is how obscure obscurity are made, then surely there would be like an outbreak of them, like back so? around the 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 Salem age and and in the medieval times and when everyone were like actively afraid of magic and hunting witches and everything like that. Like you would think that most children born into, you know, muggle-borns would develop obscuri. Well, I, I think that's, I think there was an outbreak. I think that's why in the movie, everybody's afraid by what they see. Um, and I think that, I mean, but, but the whole, there, there would have had to have been an outbreak because the line uh, from the movie, I think it's uh, president Pickery says is there hasn't been an obscurious Oscurus in, in in a century. They're they're quite proud that even in their backwards repressive uh, society, they they haven't been so horrible as to produce an obscuri uh, obscurious right. Like so, I think the whole thing is there were probably a lot of them, but they mm. they just they've they haven't seen any in a long time because people have grown and and they try and take extra care not to make one. Yeah, and with Harry, I feel like he didn't know that he was a wizard, whereas Credence, I feel like, knew the abilities that he had, and he was knowingly suppressing them. Yeah. Well, it checks out. Um, it, it does, but I will it does... say, though, I, I do feel, though, that the Dursleys, uh, I, that that would be the only point that I would disagree a little bit on, because I do feel that whether directly or indirectly, they were trying to suppress 
any conversation about the magical world and then through that you know any potential ability on harry's part to to do magic they wanted nothing to do with it yeah yeah i I guess if given given a few more years and harry would have started to really freak out and realize like if if his hogwarts never hogwarts letter never came and he really started to realize that he had some kind of modicum of control over the events around him and if then they were to say that's wrong but then even then he'd still sort of be too old to develop an obscurial if that's a thing and then another question i would have is then how would the horcrux and the obscurus like deal with each other (laughs) ah interesting who would win i see a a sitcom uh <laughs> Harry's Obscurus and the little piece of Voldemort's soul in him. <laughs> what do we call it? Oh, Scrappy no. and uh, Scrappy and um, <laughs> what's the scrap of the soul and what, what's the, what's a good word for uh, Scrappy and Beastie? There we yeah. go. So J.K. Rowling will hopefully be answering many more questions um, on her new website. And coming up on Bonus Mugglecast, we're going to be talking about what questions patrons want to see Joe answer on her website but for now we have a twitter question uh of the week this is unrelated sort of it says what uncommon elements from the harry potter books or films do you want to see become important in the fantastic beasts series so we've seen a lot of uh yeah well so we've seen a lot of polyjuice it's overused i've always said it's overused (laughs) they gotta stop using polyjuice which i'm so glad that they did um, because Grindelwald uses a spell. Um, but uh, if there's or if there's Diddy. less, yeah, or Diddy. Uh, I don't know. Ask David Heyman. Um, <laughs> ask David Heyman now. What yeah, Grindelwald? Yeah. No, he didn't use. He didn't. I'm just messing. <laughs> but um, you know, were there elements that that you like from the books that aren't such a way uh, that you want to see in 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 the future? So that that was our question. And what do we get for responses? We got, um, well, friend of the show, Colin, says, just the daily life of a normal wizard, like fully grown, not in school. Oh. Yeah. Well, with five movies, maybe we will get that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Inner Dialogue says, just what exactly are the 12 uses of dragon's blood? Ooh, <laughs> deep cut. Deep cut. <laughs> Actually, that might be relevant, because Dumbledore is the guy who discovered that, so... Maybe they'll, they'll maybe Dumbledore, uh, maybe Fantastic Beast Two will open with Dumbledore in a lab coat with Nicholas Flamel, yeah. um, just making his, his discoveries. Oh my god, I would love that. Right? Yes. Oh. <laughs> or he'll be at like Oxford, like Wizarding Oxford in the science department, and Wizarding be... University. That's a whole discussion on its yeah, own. Yeah. Nolan yeah. said more house elf, goblin, ghost, and other non-human characters. Fantastic Beasts did this well, so did the Harry Potter books, but not the eight Harry Potter movies. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Battlefront Podcast, a Star Wars podcast, says Potter, uh, a Potter relative would be really interesting to see, or other families that are mentioned only by name in the books. Yeah, maybe some Pruitts <laughs> here and there, you know? Back yeah, in, Abbots. Uh, Abbots? Yeah, Abbots. <laughs> Abbots and Pruitts. <laughs> Trust my no, rage. I, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say. I think. I think younger versions of of the families, like that. I I know I've sort of shared my my dislike for Hagrid, but Hagrid's family, like hell, you know. 
Yeah. <laughs> go visit the, the, the Giants and see his dad. That'll be fun. That would Agrippa. be great. Wait, yeah. no, it wasn't Agrippa. What's what's Hagrid's mom's name? Um, Wolf, Wolf Frinda. I don't remember. Wolf, no, Fred Wolfa. Fred Wolfa. Fred Wolfa. Right? <laughs> Fred Wolfa. There you go. You got it. You knew it. Nice. Um, Fred Wolfa or Wumpa? Is it Wumpa? Fred Wumpa. Anyway, now you're just making shit up. Yeah. Dying. Lauren says it would be interesting if one of Professor Slughorn's pr- perfect Felix Felicis days would be a part of Fantastic Beasts somehow. Ooh. Um, people were asking for more house representation, so Rebecca said more Ravenclaws because they took the back seat to the other three houses. Um, True. Maritier, Maritier, Maritier said more Hufflepuff, a little more respect to this hardworking house, please. Hashtag Puff Pride. <laughs> more respect. Okay, I, I'm I don't know. Wait, just go back two questions ago. I mean, I think Luna was a pretty good representation of Ravenclaw, don't you? Well, yeah. yeah. And people forget I, she's a Ravenclaw because it's not a plot element, you know? Right. Like, I mean, that's... nobody really forgets, but it's not so much a, a matter of the story. Like, you, because when I've actually been in discussion recently with a Ravenclaw, and I was like, oh, were you more of a Luna Ravenclaw or a. And I was like, what do you, what do you say? Cho Ravenclaw? Because Cho's not the best character in the book. So, what's a brainy Ravenclaw that is reflect, that the story reflects upon positively? And I wonder if it's not the same situation we have with Hufflepuffs, where in the books they're just shown to be jerks, um, except Cedric Diggory. So you have Luna, but then what's the heady, brainy? Um, was McGonagall a Ravenclaw? Wasn't that no, set on Pottermore? Gryffindor. Yeah. Was she? I know she's head of Gryffindor yeah. House, um, but she, I seem to recall her being a hat stall or something. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, Cody Niebuhr on Twitter says Metamorph Magi. I'd love to see another like Tonks. And I wonder, I mean, that'd be cool, but it'd also be cool if Tonks were the only one we ever saw. Because um, mm-hmm. you have that element in Queenie where she's an extra super powerful little Jillimans, and I just hope that Joe and everyone else stays away from doing like extra super powerful transfigurers, metamorphagi. Like maybe that's what Grindelwald is. He's a metamorphagist. He can change yeah. his whole face. So there's that. Um, Kaylee says another of the Beetle of the Bard stories becoming a key plot point, like Tale of the Three Brothers was in Deathly Hollows, might be interesting. That oh, would be cool. That's that's kind of that's bold. That would I like that bold. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, Babbity Rabbity, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the center of the Fantastic Beast saga. Of course, the cackling stump, right? Yeah, I want. It's the that's the key to the whole Fantastic Beast series. <laughs> yeah, it's how Grindelwald got his power. <laughs> oh my god i would freak if that was true <laughs> and then warner brothers will be like how can we adapt this into a movie <laughs> oh they, that should be a 12-part hbo series i've already decided the cackling stump <laughs> yeah yeah it's mm. not typically typical hbo it'd be like children's hbo it'd be like sesame street going to hbo no they and they should make the stump an attraction at the uh wizarding world <laughs> what you sit on it <laughs> And it cackles. Yeah, it'll be, rope, it'll be roped it. off. It'll just it's be a butt, off. and every time you sit on it, it, chuckles. All right, well, thank you to everybody who participated in that. We are hopeful. I think this is a good opportunity for J.K. Rowling to uh, service the fans with these movies. Give us stuff we've been looking to see for a while. So, yeah. yeah. And follow us on Muggle, uh, on Twitter, twitter.com slash MuggleCast. 
and uh, you can participate in these questions, which we do pretty much every episode. Um, Eric, you have an update on the P.O. Box front? Uh, it still exists, and send us your mail. That's um, your update? It says update. Well, we got a we got a Christmas card, but I mentioned it on the last episode, which was lovely. Okay. Um, the only got one one Christmas card the entire year, yes. Um, but uh, but it's okay because it's 2017, and the PO box. I don't know why that makes it okay. It's okay. Um, you guys don't need to send us anything seriously, but if you were so inclined, uh, it does exist. I will receive it. Uh, the address is 4044. That's why nobody's four sending zero. anything. Four four north. Yeah, we don't say it enough. It's true. Um, our patrons will know because it's on the return address of their album art. No, but... I- I'm saying nobody's sending anything because it's going to you. I'm just kidding. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh! Let's move well, to if you, if you, me. Yeah, so you can. You... I'm st- well, I'm going to say the address in a minute, but also, um, if you want to send stuff for Andrew and Micah, I'll make sure they get just it. Just put attention, Micah, or attention, Eric. Send yeah, Micah yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. Well, it has to Lisa. say either Mugglecast or my name, otherwise it'll get rejected. But Mugglecast 4044 North Lincoln Avenue, Box 144, in Chicago IL 60618. Eric sounds like he really wants mail. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eric's really lonely over there in Chicago. I publish, I publish on Twitter every time we get something cool. So Yeah. Uh, That's thank- an incentive. Thanks again to our new sponsor, Blue Apron. You can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free, including free shipping, by going to blueapron.com slash mugglecast. Um, if you're enjoying what we're doing here, you want ad-free editions of the show, you want to help us get to weekly episodes of MuggleCast, if you want signed album art, if you want bonus MuggleCast, go to patreon.com slash mugglecast. Last year was our first full year, and it's been really amazing having support of our listeners so thank you everybody who has supported us um special shout out right now to those who are listening live in the chat they're listening to a stream live about a week earlier than we are going to be releasing this episode so uh they'll probably all want to listen again because they may forget what we talked about by the time this episode (laughs) yeah and uh yeah we really appreciate the support it's because of patrons that we are continuing to do the show at the frequency that we are doing um and it feels good to get everybody's support it it feels like you know we're appreciated that we're loved. We we had a really good we had really 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 strong 2016 for being 11 years after the podcast started, um and you know totally encapsulating the excitement the return of Potter. Uh, our first year on Patreon was highly successful and we all had a lot of fun and our listeners who support us got a lot of great content. I'm sure you can hear from them um about it and uh really just you know if you uh new year new you donate to us and support us <laughs> at supporting us you'll, you'll get some really cool stuff is all i can say we guarantee it we make it worth your while and it's going to a good cause i'm gonna add a new goal on patreon where if we hit a certain amount i'm gonna burn my slytherin sweater and convert oh, back no. to gryffindor Whoa! You really don't care all that much about it. (laughs) I knew it was just an act. I'm just kidding. No, no, I like being Slytherin. I like being what a very Slytherin thing to do, Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) Betray my house. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch! You just insulted a lot of Slytherins. Uh, That's dude. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back later in the month with episode 309. And so, oh, by the way, Selena, thank you for coming on the show. It's always wonderful having you on. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. This is always fun. Oh, that makes me happy to hear I that. I always feel welcome. <laughs> oh, of course. We love Boys you. Always are.
Uh, and you can uh, listen to Selena Weekly on Hype Podcast. You can find it on iTunes, on Hypeable, wherever podcasts are available. Uh, at Hypeable Hype on Twitter. There you go. There you go. All the places. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. Merrick. I'm Micah. And I'm Selena. See you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Yay.